know if you all know, but we came back from holiday two weeks ago and we're still suffering a little bit from jet lag. So um, to help us with not being able to sleep at night, we bought the Gavin and Stacey box set. <laughs> and we've watched all of them in the last two weeks. I don't know if any of you have watched Gavin and Stacey. We'd never watched it before. Anyway, I was reminded of um, Ness as I wrote this uh, sermon because she has a little phrase that she uses quite frequently, which is, I won't lie to you. And um, it made me think about how I feel when I hear people say to me, to be honest. And my question in my mind, every time I hear somebody say that is, well, aren't you always? You know, why do you have to say that as well as just saying what you say? And uh, I think when when you watch Ness in the show and and she says, uh, I won't lie to you, you think, how many times has she lied to me? <laughs> and uh, it brings that sort of doubt and that uncertainty uh, when t- in conversation with people. Today we're looking at living with integrity and about uh, letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, in 91, the Sun newspaper conducted a truth-searching survey to find out more about the minds, hearts, and integrity of its readers. It purported to be ecstatic to find out that only 22% of them would kill a partner for cash, and a mere 38% of them of men would let their wives earn money as a prostitute. <laughs> Congratulations, blazed the Sun newspaper. We have always known it, but now we have the evidence. You Sun readers are decent, honest, caring, and trustworthy. You are loyal workers, faithful lovers, caring members of the community, except they should perhaps have added those of you who are potential pimps and murderers. (laughs) What's our context today? I mean, that's a little window into the context in which we live, and it was some time ago now. But uh, from crime to politics, we have got used to deception and dishonesty. People turn to lawyers to draw up watertight contracts to hold each other to their word, but even lawyers aren't really trusted The press values speed and profit more than accuracy and truth. You're always dubious about estate agents, how much money they're creaming off the top of a price of a house. You're never sure if you can trust a second car dealer, second-hand car dealer, or somebody selling privately. We all break our promises. We all say one thing and do another at times in our lives. Children betray secrets. Adults break marriage vows in the smallest ways on a daily basis. God's intention was to prevent the chaos caused by people not being able to rely on each other's word. A loving God wants a society in which it would be a joy to live. No war, no defense budget, no adultery, no keys, no burglar alarms, and no lawyers. (laughs) Let's have a little look at Jesus' context. The general practice around that time was that a vow, including the divine name of God, was binding, but not so binding if the divine name was not used. The idea was that if God's name was used, he was party to the transaction. And if not... He had nothing to do with it. Oaths by heaven and earth were not binding. Oaths towards Jerusalem were binding. 
But oaths by Jerusalem were not. I don't quite understand that. (laughs) Evasive swearing became a justification for lying. Instead of inspiring integrity, oaths became a breeding ground for corruption. Instead of reinforcing promises, oaths provided loopholes for people to break their commitment without repercussions. So Jesus is confronting this practice, this whole system of oath-taking in his words that we've heard this morning. He points out that it is not a question of bringing God in to your transactions. You cannot keep him out. He is already there. Everything comes back to God in the end. Heaven is God's throne. The earth is his footstool. Jerusalem is the city of his Messiah, the great king. Even our heads, which we might think of as being ours, belong to God. He decides the color of our hair, despite what my hairdresser might say. (laughs) So how do we apply what Jesus uh, was saying then in that context to our context Our words and lives should be consistent, whether we're here in church with Christians or whether we're in the workplace not being sure who we're with, whether they're Christian or otherwise. We cannot bring God into all our transactions any more than we can keep him out. All promises are sacred once they're made in the presence of God. And we need to have that holistic approach to life that we live in the presence of God 24-7. There isn't any moment when he can't see you or when he's not there. Jesus doesn't abolish the law that Moses set up, but he goes to the original purpose of the law. The purpose was to ensure truthfulness. And since the whole system of oath-taking had become so corrupt and was being used to avoid to tell the truth, he forbids oaths. Honest people don't need to use or to resort to oaths. Jesus tells his disciples to simply speak the truth on every occasion. Cut out crossing your fingers behind your back. Jesus described himself as being the truth. Christians should therefore be known for their truthfulness, reliability, trustworthiness in their homes, in their personal relationships, and in their work. We're called to be different than the society in which we live, aren't we? To be salt and light. And what use is salt if it loses its saltiness? There was a man called Gibbo who worked in Selfridges some years ago in London. And Gordon Selfridge was in the shop one day, standing nearby him. And the phone went and Gibbo answered it. And they asked to speak to Mr. Selfridge. And Mr. Selfridge said, tell them I'm out. And Gibbo said to him, you tell them, and handed him the phone. And Selfridge was absolutely furious. And Gibbo responded to his fury by saying, if I can lie for you, I can lie to you. And after that, Gordon Selfridge had the highest regard for Gibbo and trusted him implicitly. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German Christian who opposed Hitler during World War II. His integrity cost him his life in the end. And he says this, 
Only those who follow Jesus and cleave to him are living in complete truthfulness. Such men and women have nothing to hide from their Lord. Complete truthfulness is only possible where sin has been uncovered and forgiven by Jesus. The cross is God's truth about us, and therefore it is the only power which can make us truthful. And when we know the cross, we are no longer afraid of the truth. We need no more oaths to confirm the truth of our utterances, for we live in the perfect truth of God. So my question for all of us this morning as we come for communion is, are you one who cleaves to Jesus, who hangs on to him, who wraps your arms around him and holds on to him and says, don't let me go, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Are you one who understands that the cross has exposed all your sin and you don't need to be afraid anymore? because you've been forgiven. It's a good reminder, isn't it, to look at the cross and think about how it applies to you so that you can live in this perfect truth and be at peace in the presence of God.